Yup, it's TMZ Verified the Podcast. I'm Wild. I'm Steph. And I'm Chantal. Okay, happy second-ish week in July, people. I don't know. I didn't know what else to say. How are you guys? I'm all right. I'm living. We living. We're from home right now. So if you guys are wondering why we're on Zoom, it's because we're podcasting from home this week until further notice. Still okay. just it's, as a, it's, a new vibe. it's a new vibe, but it's okay. We got it. It's right, in 2020. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is definitely giving pandemic vibes, but no, we're good. We're good. Um, should we get into some stories? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll kick it off. Kim Kardashian posts flirty pics with Pete Davidson and they're still going strong. Kim Kardashian and Pete are very much still a thing, despite the fact that we haven't seen much of them together in a while. And Kim just made it that clear by posting these photos. These photos on her Instagram account, it's kind of like a gallery devoted to her and Pete. And she kind of captioned it something spicy, like the tongue emoji with like, like kind of like that being a little bit scandalous. And the photos are of the two of them poolside hanging out in Palm Springs. And yeah, in addition to these pics, I just wanted to like give a side note in the photo, there is a tattoo of Jasmine and Aladdin that Pete has on his collarbone, which obviously is like SNL, like when they did that together. And um, don't forget that he also has KN. SCP over that one, which many have assumed stands for Kim North St. Chicago and Tom, which I still think is a little premature, but right. I knew you'd have some comments on that, which is right. Rightfully so. Some people think it's kind of weird. Some people think it's like, no, it's cute. It's showing his devotion. There's controversy with that. But um, to top this whole thing off, there is a clip going around on TikTok and of the Hulu teaser of them two. And I wanted to give you the verbatim of this conversation because it's spicy. It's giving spice. Like they, these two are not holding back. They're like, listen, we're devoted to each other. And they kind of are replicating, if I might say myself, a little bit of Courtney and Travis. Like they're, they're really doing the PDA. I'll give you, let me give you the rundown. So to top it all off, there's like a little clip of the Hulu show and verbatim Kim and I quote goes, babe. And Pete says, yeah. And he's mid convo with Chloe. So he's like in another conversation and she goes, do you want to take a shower with me really quick? Mm-hmm. And he, I kid you not, flings his phone, flings his, cigarette, <laughs> flings his cigarette box into the air and follows her to get to it. And even Chloe, as they're like going off together, goes in the shower, like with go to the shower with like what? So it was kind of like spicy. Oh, that is so my aunt actually texted me about this and was like, I know their love is beautiful and all but like, what if her kids see the clip? Won't it be weird? Like their mom so obvious, like vocally being like shower with me, baby. But I I think I think they're cute. They're really cute. But it's like a lot. That's like three scandalous stories within like, that's a lot of scandalous stuff going on like spicy. They're really not afraid of the PDA now. They're like, going out there. I think, I, I mean, I like them together. I do. I, I know, I know it's kind of debate, like people debate whether they like them together. I think he's devoted. I think she needs to have a little fun after Kanye. And I think if he is a good, like not stepdad, but like kind of going into that role and respectfully, I think that's great. At least he's not being like toxic to them. And there's an element I think of like, people are going to talk about them anyway. So they might as well because they're already so public they're like well let's let's spin these images or whatever it is in a positive way as opposed to like people getting paparazzi shots of us and then controlling our narrative you know 
Right. At least there's like, yeah, it's either for them. I feel like it's be open completely or like completely, you know, shut off and super private. And they, I feel like they don't get that option. So this is, I think what they're doing is great. Yeah. I almost, I mean, I I like it. I feel like it's just, it seems very like innocent at this point. Um, I think that grown people should be allowed to live their lives. My only, I still think the tattoos are weird, but otherwise, like, I mean, I don't see, I don't see a real issue with it. And I think I've, I have seen a lot of the arguments online um, just about like her having him on the new Hulu show. Like, it's just like, oh, new season, new man. But it's also her life. Like, this is literally what they do. So him being on the Hulu show isn't really surprising to me. Um, I kind of do agree with you, Chantal, a little bit about like, what is up with, like, do we need to explicitly state what we about to be going? Like, <laughs> it, it just, I feel like for Kim to be so worried about what her kids see on the, everything, yeah. for her to be like, come drop it low with me in the shower is a little <laughs> bit like, mm, I don't know. But yeah, otherwise, look, I ain't got no problem with grown people living their lives. Um, Yeah. Seems- I just think as long as he's not being toxic and he's yeah. like, being like not, not going into Kanye's role, you never want to like do that. But if he's being at least like good to the kids, you know, showing his devotion, being good to Kim, like she needs that. Everyone needs that. Yeah. And the respect for their kids and and the wider family, the Kardashian-Jenner family has been first and foremost a part of that relationship. And so I think as long as there is that respect and that continued conversation, it's Mm -hmm. great to see a kind of healthy co-parenting slash blended family situation. Yeah, for sure. All right, Chantal, what you got? So I'll be talking about how Doja Cat spoofed Amber Heard's testimony on TikTok. So for context, one of the most famous quotes out of the Depp v. Heard trial that Amber Heard said was, my dog stepped on a bee. She said it with her famous kind of wince. Um, and TikTok has gone wild spoofing it. Um, some people have recreated the video with their own dog stepping on fake bees. Other has have created like rhymes. I wrote a couple down, like someone did a video that said, my dad has to pee and then mimicked the wince. And someone else said, I forgot my house key. And so that was a trend around the time of the trial. And Doja Cat, this week hopped on TikTok and um, apparently she has a two-week-old puppy who actually stepped on a bee. And and to tell the story, she basically mimicked Amber Heard and did the same wince and, and repeated the line a few times. And people are not happy. A lot of people online are saying things like, you know, it's a shame that someone with a platform as huge as Doja's is mimicking a, someone who is a victim of domestic violence. Um, So there's been a lot of that rhetoric. I wonder whether she did this to draw attention away from the drama that happened with Noah Schnapp, with the whole DMing to get Joseph's Mm. Quinn number. I don't know if she wanted to create even bigger controversy by hopping on this trend, knowing that people were uncomfortable with it to begin with. What do you people think? First of all, I think that's a great take. Brilliant. Like that is probably what she's doing because really it doesn't make sense. Not that she has to stay on brand all the time, but it, it doesn't kind of, it's not making sense really on why she would do you know what I mean. I, I think this, I think you're completely right. She's doing this to take the heat off of what she did previously because that kind of rubbed people the wrong way. And it, it was pretty embarrassing in that, like the kind of, 
there, it was a lot of it was how is she not embarrassed oh if this happened to me regarding the Noah Schnapp DM scenario people saying like oh if this happened to me I would I would die like it's horrible so maybe by doing this TikTok and then she's deleted it now but by creating this TikTok she's kind of bringing in shaping her own narrative I guess but doing so in a very controversial way I don't love it even but- if I'm being nice, I don't want my DMs like read by anyone. So really, like I understand, like I feel oh, yeah. like this. Yeah, lot, lot to hate. Lots it's kind of her way of being like, okay, well, I'm, you know, I'll get over this. I'm not embarrassed anymore. Ha! Huh? Okay. Here's more content. Laugh okay. about this or be angry about this. Yeah, definitely. That's kind of where I, where I think you're right, Chantal. It's almost like more shock value to kind of cover up the shock value from last week. Um, I don't know. I just people mimicking or like even making fun of like the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial, at least to me, it's always like slightly cringe because like, bruh, you know what I'm saying? Like there are a lot of things to talk about and make fun of in the world. But like, I don't know if that situation, regardless of like what side of the fence you're on, if like that is the joking situation. I don't know. That's just my opinion. But like, it's again, it's just a little cringe. I don't think it's like horrible, but it's definitely like, come on, Doja Cat. Like, but again, maybe she was like, okay, this is cringier than the the drama I was in last week. So I don't know. We don't know. But again, I want to piggyback on that for just like a sec. I really think you're onto something because yes, we got a lot of good content out of this like trial. Right. But I don't know. I feel like that wave, we shouldn't be it's a touchy sh- subject for everybody, but if you're going to make fun of it, now's not the time. Like it, it was, it was a trend for a while and you could kind of get away with that, making fun of like the trial and you shouldn't be. I just feel like it was not a good move. I agree. Yeah. All right. Well, moving on, uh, Nicki Minaj, who I feel like every time I say Nicki Minaj's name, I don't know if it's going to be a good story or like a goddamn Nicki story. This this is kind of a goddamn Nicki story. Oh, so Nicki Minaj, she was in London recently for a wireless festival, huge festival in London. Everybody was there. Cardi B was there, took off her wig, swinging in the crowd. Meg Thee Stallion was there. It was the the hottest festival in London. That was a really bad accent. <laughs> it was just a really big festival is what I'm saying. Um, so Nicki Minaj was there, like I said, for the festival. Um, and she just decided to peruse around the streets. Um, she had a meet and greet, but it turned out to be a lot more chaotic than Nicki thought. She was essentially so round. I don't even want to say surrounded. She was swarmed by fans, like to the point where she couldn't move. The There was nothing the bodyguards can do. The fans were just like, I mean, she's, Nicki Minaj, though. So it's like you can't really be one of the biggest rappers in the world and then decide to like have a meet and greet in the middle of the street. Fans are swarming Nikki. Um, and she even pushed one girl. I don't really know if it was pushed, but she essentially like shoved someone. Um, the video's been going viral on TikTok. Everyone's been talking about it, but that girl in the video has since come out and just said, Nikki's my fave, like she didn't hurt me. Like the girl isn't attempting to like go after Nikki in any way. I don't think the girl was pissed. She was just like, literally, my fave just touched me. Like, that was it. And honestly, because if somebody that I like would have touched me, they could have punched me in the face and I would have been like, you know what? Beyonce just punched me in the face. Like, there are, guys, am I wrong though? Like, are there certain people that like, you just want to be acknowledged in any way? Like, do y'all have those people at all? Okay, so I really think that there is a line 
I saw this video and my instant thought was, okay, whoa, the push that she, she did push her, but at the same time, where's the line? You know, you are famous. Someone's excited. I mean, the, the swarm of the crowd was, I don't know. I just think people go ravenous over these celebrities and there is a line. I mean, I don't know. I like, I don't know. I, I think the way that she shoved her was a little bit, um, aggressive. What can I say? A little extra. It wasn't even aggressive. A little extra. A little extra. Not aggressive. A little bit extra. But at the same time, I don't know what it feels like to be swarmed by that many people. That's got to be like terrifying, especially with the world that we're in now, with that many people around COVID, and then also things that go down that are terrifying. Like without with big crowds, I honestly, I'm not in that position. But there's got to be a line. No, definitely the fear or overstimulation of all of that happening around you, like especially if like there's certain physical boundaries being crossed. Yeah, I mean, personally, I get really frustrated when someone like walks behind me in a bar and puts their hand on my back to move me out of the way. I'm like, don't touch me. That's not okay. So can you imagine a celebrity getting swarmed by tons and tons of people? I mean, is violence ever okay? No, but like in a situation like that, I think who are we? to say how she should have acted. Although one thing that came to my mind when Wilde was describing the fans reaction, which is like, oh, as long as my fave touched me, it's very much giving that one cameo in Mean Girls, who's like one time Regina George punched me in the yeah. face. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, mm -hmm. I guess fair enough. I love spinning something that could have been negative into something so positive and funny and lighthearted. So go fan. Yeah, and Nikki, you know, Nikki has since come out and not really like explained it, but just been like, it's COVID. The world is scary. Like, I'm just, I just want a little bit of space. So, like you guys said, it just seems it's one of those things where it seems as if like we we often don't think of celebrities as like normal people who deserve mm -hmm. privacy. And like the conversation about celebrities and their right to privacy is a whole different conversation. But like we I think at some point there is a little bit of like, okay, this might be chaotic. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was chaotic. There's a line. There's a line for sure. Am I saying that if I saw Lana Del Rey in a crowded space that I wouldn't be like very excited? But I, I'm not Nicki Minaj. I don't know what that would feel like. And she's right. Like I said, COVID, the situations that happen in this like it's just you know you know i don't i'm not her but it looks scary from the crowd let's just say that if you're shopping while working eating or even listening to this podcast then you know and love the thrill of the hunt but are you getting the thrill of the best deals Rakuten shoppers do they get the brands they love with the most savings and cash back and you can get it too Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Adidas, Macy's, or Levi's. And you can even stack sales on top of cash back. It's easy to use, and you get your cash back through PayPal or check. The idea is simple. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares that money with you as cash back. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal, or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's Rakuten. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. All right, guys. Well, one of the things that we did this week that was not, not scary at all, it was a lot of fun, um, at least for us, we got to talk to one of the hottest young actors in Hollywood, Miles Truitt. Um, you know him, of course, from Stars' BMF or Black Mafia Family, but he was also the 
newest, one of the newer cast members on the last season of Stranger Things. We got to talk to Miles. It was a lot of fun. Like a lot of Stranger Things behind the scenes details. He gave us the inside scoop, told us what he was thinking throughout these scenes. And I really learned a lot. And he was also just really fun to talk to and super open about what he wants to do in the future and some creative ideas he has. It was a great interview. That sounds super exciting. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah, Chantel was gone. Jacob was here for the interview, but I'm telling y'all, it was good. It was good. Let's get into it. Yup, it's TMZ Verified, the podcast. I'm Wild. I'm Steph. I'm Jacob. And I'm Miles Truitt. Star of Starz's BMF. He was also one of the newer cast members on the last, or the very last season of Stranger Things. Miles Truitt, what's going on, man? Man, it's going good, man. It's going good. It's, it's, it's good to be here. I'm happy to be here, man, for sure. We heard you say before we kind of got started, you're like, damn, I'm happy to be done working. Like, what was your your last couple of months like? Shoot, the past couple of years, man, have been sporadic, especially with BMF and uh, Stranger Things season four. I was filming this first season of BMF the same time I was filming Stranger Things at the same time. And I've never done that in my career. And on top of that, with COVID hitting, too, I was having to like get myself to set and Either it was gotten to a certain point where I had to sign my own driver because I was getting exhausting after a 12 to 14 hour day. But um, at the end of the day, it was fun. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, got to see a lot of brand new faces. But um, yeah, I'm just glad that it's, you know, saying over and I get to, you know, I'm saying explore, you know, I'm saying more of my financial freedom and travel and do it, those things of that nature. So, yeah. When you're uh, walking on the street, what are more people coming up to you about BMF or Stranger Things? Uh, it depends on where I go. Um, more so when I'm, I'm in a like if I'm on a block, BMF. If I'm not joking, <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, no, nah, but really though, like if I'm in Atlanta, I'm walking down the street at Little Five Points. You know, I'm, I'm going to be known for being Nick. You know what I'm saying? But then again, if I grew up in Roswell and I'm in TJ Maxx, somebody known me for <laughs> Patrick. So uh, yeah, so it's, it varies. Uh, so let's talk about your character, Patrick, man. What was it like jumping into literally the biggest show on Netflix? What was that whole transition like for you? Um, it was kind of surreal. Uh, I, I don't think it really hit me until actually I got to watch it and see myself on camera um, with all of those actors that I was prematurely watching before I was even in the film. Because uh, I was a fan. I was a fan of the show before I was even in it. Uh, so that even hyped me up even more of my excitement of just being there and wanting to work and indulge in to my, my skill set and what I can show, you know what I'm saying, on set more. Uh, so it was fun, though. It was fun, for sure. So next season is the series finale of Stranger Things. And a lot of people are, are comparing it to Game of Thrones. You know, after Game of Thrones happened mm. on HBO, a lot of the actors left and then they were starting to do like a prequel. And that's what I wanted to ask you is, do you think with, you know, Stranger Things coming to an end, there should be something like a prequel mm. or some other spinoff series for Stranger Things if you had any ideas? I don't know. I feel like that's kind of heavy to talk on especially with Stranger Things and if they should do this or if they should do that um what I know is with the amount of context that I know um it's the beginning of the end you know what I'm saying these kids are finally finding the 
the the the the, the secret of the the Vecna's weakness. You know what I'm saying? And where the origin story was, where it started. Um, so with 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 that being said, in the last episode with Vecna saying it's the beginning of the end, um, I'm pretty sure. You know, so with me being a fan too, conspiracy theories, I think this might be, you know, the end, you know, just a good classic for us to be left with. You know what I'm saying? But hey, they are still in high school, you know, starting their freshman year. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot left of their life. What I'm thinking what they could do is, you know how it had their first movie and they were all kids. Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then the second movie came out and 30 years later, now they're all older. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the story is still left to be told. So I feel like that would be cool to, you know, spin off that way. But uh, yeah. That's kind of what I wanted to know. When they told you that you got the role, did they kind of give you a play-by-play of what's going to go down with your character? Or do you just sort of roll the punches as you get your script? Uh, yeah. Um, it was kind of stressing for me, be, uh, stressful for me because I was only able to get sides every day that I was on set. I was never able able to get a script, my hands on a script, so I never really had context to what the monster was. They never told me it was Vecna. It was really Got just it. a monster. So they were very secretive when it came to what information different numbers on the catalog, you know what I'm saying, would have, what, what right. we would have known, you know what I'm saying? Uh, so that was kind of stressful in the end run, but then again, it kind of played off in a natural effect for my character, not knowing what's going on still. But uh, yeah. Who are some of your closest friends in the cast? Uh, Mason Die, that, that's my man. You know what I'm saying? He plays Jason. Uh, Caleb, it was real um, full circle working with him because um, with Caleb, my first film and his first, uh, first actual like film, like big film was New Edition Story. And he played Ricky Bell and I played Ronnie DeVoe. And this was on BET. Um, and when we were first starting filming uh, that show, I was like, what do you have next after this? And he said, oh, I have strange things. And I first prematurely knew about the show. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. His first season came out. I was like, oh, bet. I want to be in this. He was like, sure, sure. Why not? And then now season four. And it's like, man, we started working together and, and we worked together again. So it was cool. So those those my guys, man, for sure. Other, it was a lot more other people, man, but I couldn't even count on my finger. Could you kind of give us like a TMZ exclusive or like a fun fact of like that no one would know unless they were on set with all of you guys? Like what's like a little fun thing that you guys did? Maybe any rituals before you guys would get on set together? You know, it's crazy. <clears throat> we had to train for basketball. Like we had to train like for the basketball team. We had to train how to shoot, you know what I'm saying? How to dribble, you know, like certain, you know what I'm saying? Dynamics of... 83, 86 basketball variants of, you know what I'm saying, how to, you know what I'm saying, approach that game um, a certain way where, where the audience is watching, it will be certain, you know what I'm saying, it will be real, you know what I'm saying, they'll be able to be taken back in time. Um, so, yeah, we had to do maybe like a month or a month and some change of just basketball boot camp. So, cool fun fact there. And, and it was actually in the Hawkins gym. So, that was cool, too. So we heard that your the Patrick Depp scene was the hardest or most complex scene to film in that season. What was it like for you? The Patrick, oh, the Patrick when I went underwater. Yeah, your death scene when you died. Oh my death. <laughs> Man, it was fun though. What was crazy was crazy was that was my first ever water stunt scene ever in my life that I've ever uh, did. It was a 30-foot water tank. Um, and underneath the water tank, they built a whole new world, a whole nother set underneath. 
there was eight other scuba divers there. Um, and uh, it was just maybe like a whole week's worth just to film that that segment. But it was fun, man. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. I had a question about the basketball thing you just brought up. Was there anyone that like really sucked at basketball and they're like doing this boot camp and like they just can't make a shot and you guys are just there all day like, damn, like this dude just is not getting it. Well, Mason, it was two of my friends, Mason and Clay. Um, when I'm talking about Mason, Mason, he really, he, he gradually got better. You know what I'm saying? He's a guy where if you, if you tell him step-by-step, step, he's a kinesthetic learner. He's a very hands-on learner. If you tell him step-by-step, step, he's going to get it. My man, Clay, he just, he's, it, it, certain people are just athletic for a certain sport. You know what I'm saying? And uh, he, that wasn't it. Now, Caleb, he's good. Caleb's good. I ain't even going to cap. He's a, he, he's a baller for sure. Yeah, for sure. I could see him one-on-one, though. I can see him one on one. Did you ever kick it with Noah Schnapp? Nah, I never really see what we we had a lot of different scenes. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't together, so uh, I didn't really get to meet any of them. Really, only got to meet Gayton and um, Millie. So uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure you saw in the news and stuff like Noah. Even though maybe you guys didn't spend that much time with each other, like he got called out by Doja Cat because Doja, I guess, was trying to hook up with Joseph Quinn. I mean, yeah. what do you make of that? I mean, Noah's 17 years old. You know, for me, I'll speak for myself. If I was 17 years old, I'd get DM'd by Doja Cat. Like, I'd flex that on my Instagram. But I mean, just seeing that from someone on the cast, what do you think? I feel like I can't speak on, from a female's perspective, how she can feel, but from a male's perspective and a young male's perspective. It's, it's innocent. It's Doja Cat. He's probably a fan. And then again, you got to look at it's Noah. So, hey, kind of give him some slack, man. You, you watching the show. So if anything, you came to him, you know, so it's premature because then again, you got to understand this generation too. everybody uses their phone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be a little bit hesitant when you go into the DMs, you know what I'm saying? And what you're texting. So, I mean, hey, it's on that though. It's on. It's on. Well, I, yeah, and I was think, to your point. Like I was thinking, if she's down for Joseph Quinn, like I'm sure a lot of people are. She's Doja <laughs> Cat. Like, dude, Doja Cat's like incredibly talented, beautiful. Why wouldn't she just DM him directly? Why would you use Noah as like your wingman when you could just send it right to him? I'm sure Joseph would have been stoked. Yeah, he's young, so I, I feel like that's where she messed up. I don't think she knew that he was 17. It's stranger things, man. It aren't like everyone is everyone like 17, 18 years old. You know, it's crazy. No, no. Like you, like a lot of you, you can go back to high school musical. These Troy Boatman's, they were playing high school kids. They were 26. You know what I'm saying? So they passed yeah. for the older age to play younger. So. So speaking of DMs, man, are your DMs popping now because you're on like two of the biggest shows of Man, you know what's crazy? I don't even be on Instagram like that. If you go to my Instagram, I don't even be posting like that. Like I'm really just focused on, you know what I'm saying, internal vision on my craft, man. I'm trying to build my you know IMDB and make sure that my career is platformed the way that I want it to be, you know, and not be distracted by any other influences especially what i just talked about <laughs> so uh yeah so yes the dms is popping no you ain't got time i got it i got it <laughs> have you gone on any day i love the hey i love the paraphrase i love the paraphrase keep it p 
Like, have you gone on any dates with celebs or slid into any DMs of your own? Maybe you're not getting. Oh, man. You know, like, I've been working for the past three years nonstop. Like, honestly, three years. So, like, I, I'm ready to cool down. I just got my first spot. You know, I want to. I've never been off this landmass, North America. I want to go to Jamaica. I want to go to some islands, you know. People too worried about the DMs and the hookup. And then what's next? <laughs> right. Um, so can we talk about BMF for a second? What's up? Dude, why is it? First of all, I think it was like, what, four days after the show premiered, y'all got renewed for a second season. So it was like quick. What the hell is the deal? Like, yeah. what do you think? What do you think about the show being someone who's acting on the show? What is it about the show that makes it so successful? I think mainly what makes it so successful, it's illustrating a story that hasn't been told yet to the culture. Mainly, you know, we've been saying big meets for the past, what, 18 years. Yeah. And we don't we never really had too much context to what, why they were saying it. And now we do. And that's just one, listen, well, that's just one insert and example. Our, 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 our um, TV series is one insert and example of what else is need to be told. Uh, um, hidden figures. Um, uh, it was another story that was a story that wasn't been told yet for our culture. So that, I think that's what, you know what I'm saying, that uh, uh, resonates around what we need, you know what I'm saying, and makes this shit so big, you know, that we haven't seen before. You know, and this man is still in jail and his story being told and on TV. You know what I'm saying? He's alive. You know, it's not no mobster story in Italian mobster. The nigga's dead and we're praising him, you know. So, yeah. Do you feel like it's a lot more pressure playing a like non-fictional character or a real person than it is playing like a character on Stranger Things? I feel like it can be when you put pressure on um, a certain amount of pressure on yourself. Um, and then again, it, it varies on the certain sources that you have. Um, if you don't have a certain amount of sources for a, a non-fictional character that you are portraying, you have to indulge more into the dialogue and, and what the writer is, you know, is telling the story of the, of the character. That's what I you know, what I'm initially start to do when I don't really have a certain amount of sources or the person that I can talk to, you know, hand in hand. But um, yeah. Is 50 Cent an asshole in real life, or is that just for... Cool cat, man. Cool cat. Never, man. Cool cat. To me, cool cat, man. We always, you know what I'm saying, chicken job about basketball and who's going to do this and that and third. But uh, he's a very, very hands-on man and down to earth. You know, I love working with him. You've worked with some of the biggest names in the game, right? Have they given you any life-changing advice when it comes to your career that you're like, oh my gosh, if they didn't tell me that... I worked with Michael B. Jordan on my first um, feature film. It was called Ken. Um, James Franco was in it. Um, Dennis Quaid, um, Zoe Kravitz. Um, and uh, at the end of the film, I had texted him. And I was like, man, it was an honor working with you, man. Like, I want to be you one day. And he was like, man, be the best version of yourself. And I'm going to try the, my best to provide the best blueprint. So when he said that, I, I was like, I never want to be anybody else, but I honestly got to look up to you now. And it just changed my whole mindset because of who it came from and the fact that I worked in the presence of that. But uh, yeah, changed my that, life. For that sure. didn't even happen to me. And I might need to get that line tattooed <laughs> on my chest. Honestly, that's a pretty, that's, that's pretty a good profound. phrase, man. Good one. Good one. So there's also a lot of just like prominent uh, hip hop figures or figures on the black community that are on BMF. Is there anybody that you're like, yo, 
if we get this person on BMF, that would be like your goal. Who is that person for you? You know, I was really surprised you got fucking Eminem on there, and I was mad that I have no scene with him. That's like one of my favorite rappers. I got a pick with Snoop Dogg, his last day on set of this season. So I was really happy with that. But like, man, like Nas, Nas would be cool when the cool pop up. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I I had my hitters right there, but um, Nas would be cool though. Really different, like, but not him. Him not playing himself, like a different character. You know what I'm saying? Just like how Snoop played a pastor, I could see Nas playing like a father that that sells drugs on the low, and this, and he, but he he a hypocrite of his own actions because he says his son don't do it. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my creative director shit, man. I like I, that I'm though, but focus. just like totally different than what you expect. Right. Right. Yeah. No, man, you had a lot of good ideas. And I mean, when I'm looking on at, at like websites right now, looking at what movies are about to come out, even the ones that are coming out in theaters, so many of them are biopics. And I'm just curious, is there anyone that you think or you would like to portray in a movie? If so, who would that person be? And why would you be qualified to portray them? Y'all ever seen Red Tails? The Tuskegee Airmen? I haven't, but please... So yeah, so Red Tails was a uh, Tuskegee Airman. I watched it. Neo was in it. Uh, 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 Jamie Foxx was in it, I believe. Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I feel like a remake of that movie needs to be made because there's so much story that has been left been told of World War II and black soldiers. You feel what I'm saying? Because a lot of a lot of white white soldiers are being praised and 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 our and our and we're in the, we're in the fucking shadow a lot you know what i'm saying and, and we're just be shown as that water boy and you can look in a lot of prehistoric paintings and and, and the white men are praised as gods on these boats when you look at the corner this is black man right you know what i'm saying and you can look up that name of that black man he has a whole story that's been left to be told of him you know, so that's something that I, I look forward to, like, start doing, you know, and now and now it's, you know, what I'm saying pre up and coming now. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen Glory with Denzel Washington and Matthew yeah, that's Roderick. my favorite that's, fucking movie. That's my it's an incredible movie. movie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's my favorite movie, man. When they ended the battle on the on the beach. Absolutely, man. I was just man. when you were explaining that exactly what I was thinking of, man. And, uh, t- yes, and that man, was like yes. that was a movie that really that really stuck with me, man, and, and taught me a lot about black soldiers fighting on the front lines. Very powerful stuff, man. So I thought that was a good answer. I kind of want to take a little bit. We know how things went on set and stuff like that when it comes to Stranger Things and other shows that you've been on. I want to know how you got your start. Where did acting really take off for you? Did you always know that you wanted to be an actor? I didn't. I wanted to play basketball, but my mom re-enrolled me in this summer camp, this theater summer camp, because I didn't want to go to Emory Hospital for the rest of the summer with my grandmother. I had two options. So that was my other one. I went there and uh, I ended up liking it. I learned the basics and logistics of acting, how to stand still while talking in front of people, being comfortable in front of large audiences. Um well, just just the whole mannerisms of acting, and I I I progressed through this acting um, theater company called Youth Ensemble of Atlanta. 
Um, Candy Burns came out of there. Uh, Kenan Thompson, uh, Thompson came out of there. A lot of other actors and stars. And um, from there, I had did an open casting call with Robbie Reed, the black casting director. And um, with that open casting call, it was the new edition story. And I booked it from there. And that's when my, my journey went off. Has your family always been super supportive? I know you're close with your mom, but was she supportive? For sure. Okay. For sure. She's been my manager from day one. Because when I had booked the new edition story, um, mind you, 24 million views after it came out. Three nights, 24 million views. I had no manager or agent. That's when I booked it. I had no manager or agent. So after that, people was coming to me left and right. And my mom was right, you know what I'm saying, right, had me under her wings and, and made sure that I was okay. And I assigned her as my manager all the way until I was 18. And now she has her own management company called JT Management, Jackson and Truett. And we have about 10 clients about now, models, um, actors, rappers, um, everything, what have you. Um, so I just placed her in the good, you know what I'm saying, status of her life right now. And she's she's doing great. She's doing great. And I love her for that, for, for just getting me where I'm at today, for yeah. sure. So we know the kind of roles that you'd like to ideally play. Are there, has there been any opportunity that you've turned down? Have you been like, hey, ain't fucking with that? <sighs> yeah, there has been. There okay, has you don't got to tell us the um, job, but tell us why you turned it down. Main reason why is because, all right, so... After after the strange things came out, I got a lot of basketball roles. Um, and I feel like me being black and me being tall and they go you know black saying, basketball. It, it's like I don't I don't want to always just be looked as the basketball role because we're, we're kids and we're eight. I have little brothers. That's all we want to do. We want to play basketball or we want to rap. You feel me? So I don't want to give that that illustration that, oh, that's all you can do. You feel what I'm saying? That's all you can be or that's all that we are. Mm-hmm. So that's why I keep going back to I want to illustrate stories that haven't been told yet, because it's like we're going to look up 20 years from now and we're not going to be re- we're not going to be reading books. Mm-hmm. Right. You feel what I'm saying? So it's yeah. going to get to some point where we're only going to be looking at this. Right. So I'm trying to take, you know, what I'm saying heat to that and, and, and grasp it while I can. You know what I'm saying? With the with the with the heady steam that I have now, you know, you know, with consistency and the right and the right and the right measures, you know, for sure. For sure. You know, I, I did I heard you, you know, obviously you mentioned Red Tail, but I just want to circle back to that because you just, you know, you just said it again. We need to be telling stories that haven't been told. So we know red tails have been done or has been done. Is there like, all right, this political figure or this prominent figure is someone that I'd like to portray? Have you thought about like a singular person? No, no, because like I, I, I research a lot. Like I feel like, why the fuck do we have a whole Game of Thrones, but we have pyramids in Egypt, and we don't know how the fuck we they got there. We don't have no illustration. We don't have no films. We don't have you feel what I'm saying? Like that's the type of film that needs to be not just film series. That shit could be kind of like ten, a documentary. Kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? No, not documentary because not Game of Thrones isn't document isn't a documentary. Okay. You feel what I'm saying? So if if we can document something that is that is a good illustration wise that can be platformed into a series of how the pyramids got there, there's we are taking down trees in in Brazil now and uh, uncovering societies that we have never discovered before. Mm-hmm. 
You feel what I'm saying? And we are looking at the hieroglyphics and they're actually showing us the, 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 the descriptions of what, what was happening, what was told. We need to, we need to grasp that now before other people start editing that. And then we not know yeah. who we are and where we come from. Boy. You know what I'm saying? And I have this certain amount of certain amount of power to do something about that, to, to, to educate people that look like me where I come from. Three years ago, I figured out I was Ethiopian. Three. Mm. So it's like, come on now. It's so much stuff that we don't know, but we keep putting out old oh, transformers. We keep putting out old oh, this, that, and third. And it's like, all right, now we're, we're gonna we're gonna become a society of, of the unknown. So basically, you're saying you want to be a part of like telling the story that you do not think the, the stories are not getting told right now in media. Exactly. I feel like that's something that is progressing now, and I'm I'm seeing, you know. But I want to be a part of that. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. I want to start being a part of that for sure. For sure. There's a lot of roles I still want. I want to be a superhero. You know what I'm saying? I still want to have powers. I would love to play Miles Morales. You know, that's the first, you know what I'm saying, action, the live action Spider-Man, Black Spider-Man. What? It's never been done before. You feel what I'm saying? So, yeah. Do you have anything that you can tell us that you have coming up? Um, I'm I'm starting to executive producing. I'm, st- I'm starting executive producing. I'm trying to get on the other side of the camera. Can't really tell you the name of the project right now, but it's a simulated TV series. So you get to decide the choices of the character while you're watching it. Oh. So uh, that's really cool. We're, pitch- we're going to be pitching that to a whole bunch of uh, different networks, um, Apple, um, Windows, and Netflix. Um, so that's going to be really cool. So we're just getting the whole write-ups together, scripts, um, casting, and um yeah, I'm just I'm just really interested in just cameras and the other side of it because for almost a decade now I've been in front of it. You know, I'm really interested behind it. So you seem like you have a lot of good ideas and really creative. I think you do so well in that. I can't wait to see. Thank you. So outside of that, what are you working on for the rest of your summer, dude? You just got your first place. Yeah. Popping yeah, with the yeah. rest of the summer. You got like a month and a half. Auditioning, still auditioning, man. Gotta keep the ball rolling. I actually got auditioning on Thursday. Um uh, but other than that, man, just maintaining. I know Chris is going to come up, you know, Thanksgiving, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So just just having patience with myself, taking it, taking it day by day. You know? I have a fun little question that um, I want to ask. When it comes to COVID, did that really change the audition process and maybe even being on set process when you're trying to get a new role? Man, that's a great question. And it did like before, before we even, before COVID productions had bands or, 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 or different concierge services to pick us up from our, our residential area, you know what I'm saying? To take us to set. Mm-hmm. Now COVID had hit, they had either given us rental cars or we had to drive ourselves to set and drive ourselves back after a 12 to 10 hour day. So okay. that was even one. Then we had to test. We had a three. We had to test COVID test three times a week, even if we're not working. We have to come to the production office, or we have to come on set and get tested. Production probably shut down twice on BMF first season. You know, Stranger Things. A lot of people got COVID. 
Um, and and that that was expected. That was expected, you know, because we didn't expect COVID. So it was like, all right, what are we going to do now? And we already tried to go through all the measures. But, um, man, it was hectic, man. Wearing masks all the time on set. They actually had assigned a whole COVID team, like, for people. They had, like, people on set. Literally, the only job was, hey, here's a mask. Here's a mask. Can you, can you put your mask on? And, like, it, it was a lot. It was a lot for sure. Yeah. So BMF season two, when is it coming? Can you tell us? So, uh, shoot, hopefully the end of this year, man. We know Raising Canaan got to come out before us and this new season of Power. Um, so, yeah, it's all in numerical order. You know, but it's, so it, it's shot, wrap, you finished it. Oh, yeah, it's done, man. I was supposed to have some ADR for it today, actually. I had some BMF ADR today. Uh, they canceled on me. So I think I'm supposed to go on tomorrow. And get that done but are we just doing in the editing process as far now as far as now the editing process love it all right miles truett thanks for joining us man thank, thank you. you man i appreciate y'all thank you stephanie thank you all y'all man appreciate y'all having fun i i, I knew I, y'all hit me in the dms and i was like oh <laughs> i was like yes all right be sure to check them out y'all the new season of bmf we'll know when it's coming out but season two will be out hopefully sometime later this year miles yes, thanks sir. again brother appreciate it appreciate you love y'all be safe man thanks so much for listening to tinsing verified this week it was an amazing amazing episode we have so many fun episodes coming that you're definitely going to want to listen to every wednesday you can listen to on apple spotify wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to tune in Bye. Bye.